Welcome to the Franchise Success Formulas podcast, the place where you find the tactical and practical business and leadership knowledge you need to help you build a successful and scalable franchise enterprise. I'm Aisha Bascaro, the founder and CEO of the American Franchise Academy and a 30-year veteran in the franchise industry with experience in Fortune 500 global brands like Domino's Pizza, Popeye's Luciana Kitchen, and Darden Restaurants. Franchise executive turned teacher and entrepreneur. Let's get started. Even though the franchise model has been around for over 150 years and it has actually exploded in the last 60, there's still a lot of confusion around what is a franchise. As a matter of fact, I would say that if a person has not been around the franchise model, the franchise industry for a significant amount of time at a high level or mid-level, and even if they have and they have not really been around for enough time, they will be hard pressed to actually explain accurately what is a franchise. So today, what I'm going to do in a way to explain what is a franchise before I can actually get to the definition of the model I want to share a little bit of the history of the franchise model because I think that the best way to understand a concept is to understand where the concept comes from. And that will expand our knowledge and understanding of what this concept is. So for me to be able to teach you or talk to you about the history of franchising, I literally had to go all the way back to prior to the 1800s. Yep, that's right. Back in those, in those years, it's when kings and queens and local government would give high church officials or high class individuals the right to protection, the right to hold market, the right to do a business in their territories in exchange for royalties. Because back then, obviously, these, you know, this government and these kings and queens were not able to maximize the lands that they owned. And so instead gave those abilities to the people they chose in exchange of revenue that they could collect and live their lavish lives. This is where the word royalties first came from and is originated from back in the 1800s. So let's move forward a little bit between the 1800s and the 1900s. This is where back in England and Germany, a lot of beer uh, brewers looking or searching among the local pubs provided them or offered them in exchange for discounts and credit, the exclusive rights to distribute their particular beers. And so what would happen is that these pubs would literally turn into mini distributors for these beer companies in exchange for favorable pricing credit, but they had to exclusively only hold that particular brewer's product. And that's why when you go, you know, in Germany and those, you know, areas in England, you will find small pubs that still represent one particular brewer company and you would only find their beer there. And that happens between the 1800s and 1900s. So let's move forward, you know, around the 1851 in the explosion of the 
Industrial Revolution. There's a small company, the Singer Company, that was producing sewing machines. That because of the Industrial Revolution, they were able to produce an enormous amount of sewing machines. But they had a really hard time distributing those machines and maintaining those machines. So what they did through the franchise model, they provided agents or、um, Franchisees, we call them, the rights to distribute, to sell, and distribute these sewing machines, but they also had to maintain them. This allowed them to be able to continue to grow and have access to capital and produce the equipment and grow. Their market share. Now they didn't keep that model for very long because as soon as they were able to capture, you know, those markets, then they took that model back and and build their own local units. But they really were able to accomplish that explosive growth through those agents. Now. Something else that happened here in the United States in the 1880s is that different U.S. cities provided monopoly; they granted monopoly franchises to utility companies. Which is, if you are based in the United States, you would know that. Depending on where you live, you only really have one choice for many, if not all, of your utilities because the government provided exclusive or monopoly rights to those particular companies. In 1898, somewhere around 1898, General Motors started to grow through the franchise model, and what they did is, in exchange for businessmen building、uh, dealerships in around the United States, they gave and promised these. Dealerships, these you know agents, our franchisees, a promise of discounted products in exchange for them spending the money and their capital or building those dealerships. And so this is something that GM did in, like I said, 1898. And of course, Henry Ford followed through right behind them when they had the explosion production of the Model T car. And here's where all of these car companies were one of the first large organizations that still exist today as franchises across the United States. States. Now, by 1950, there were less than 100 companies that were actually following the franchise model. Imagine that 1950. By 1960, there were 900 companies that were using the franchise model as a way to explode. Think of brands like Holiday Inn. Yep, hotels, Roto-Rooter, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, Burger King. H and R Block, Seven Elevens, etc. And as you can see, the franchise model has not been exclusive of the food industry. There's been a diversity in industries in this model for a long time. Then, of course, there was the explosion that happened between 1964 and 1969, where there were a hundred. Thousand new franchise businesses across the United States, you know, and this explosion was mostly due when President Eisenhower made a commitment, an action towards the expansion of the interstate highway system. This interstate highway system was the one that allowed the communication between cities and states and communities, not only for people to travel and start recognizing brands in different places, but also when it came to the distribution of the supply chain that was required. For you to maintain that franchise model, and so that explosion happened in 1969, 1964 to 1969. Within those four years, that particular action by the government facilitated that explosion. Now, I have to tell you that today there are over three thousand brands that you could franchise in the United States, and. There are about seven hundred and fifty thousand franchise units across the country. There literally are ten percent of the U.S. businesses that have employees. 
So if you were to take all the businesses that exist in the United States today that have employees, 10% of those are franchise businesses. It is said that a new franchise unit is open every six minutes in this country, and 97% of those franchises have existed or are open in the last 55 years. That is the level of explosion that has happened in this country when it comes to the franchise model. So if you look at this this particular history, what it is, is this franchise model has been a way in which a business, a company, a founder has been able to expand their business through the offering of the brand to individuals that are willing to invest in the units, in the build-outs, in the distribution of the product in exchange for royalties. Now, let's talk a little bit about what is today the average franchise, you know, and what is the history of what, how did a franchise comes to be? So the beginning of any franchise uh, is just really some entrepreneur or founder, you know, creator that defined and was excited about creating a brand, a business that they came up with, uh, a product that they were passionate about, a service process on how to sell this product and the designing of a location or a building or maybe a truck on where to sell this product of service, you know? And so they opened the first location. That's usually the beginning. It's an independent business owner, opened the first location with a great idea that then the next step is that they achieve success. And success means that once they open the business, they were able to, at some point in time, achieve a break-even point, meaning that they started to cover their costs and eventually started to make profit based on the increased volume of that business and the proper management of this business. So as they have achieved the success, either themselves thought about growing or people will say, hey, this is so great, you should open up other businesses and go somewhere else. And that's when they achieve the next level in the business, which is, you know, the growth phase. And in that growth phase, what they do is because of the excitement of the success of the first unit, they decide to open a second unit and maybe a third unit and maybe a fourth unit. And and at the success of these units of copying or duplicating the original product, the original service process, the original image of the location in which the business was sold. And of course, the management of that business they were able to open other units. And there are a lot of people that open new businesses. There are a lot of people that achieve success. And there are a lot of people that may open uh, multiple units, but not very many, you know, or not everybody is able to do that. And so you really have to go through these three phases before you go to the next phase, which is the phase in which you franchise your business. And what this is, is the moment that you realize that, for you to be able to continue to grow will require a lot of capital investment. And so the franchise model allows you to continue to grow like it did the sewing, you know, sing, the same sewing machine and the car dealerships and all those brewing, you know, uh, beer companies to grow by having other people invest on the building of these locations and then the distribution of the product and service process that the original founding company created in exchange of royalties or a fee so that this original founder or owner uh, can then still have that increased revenue and maximize a proven brand that they created through the investment of others. And so here's where the franchise phase comes in when this business owner decides to start selling or offering uh, the rights to duplicate the brand. So 
what do they offer? Like, what is a franchise? And here we comes to, you know, you as a, as a person that would like to acquire a franchise, what are you actually acquiring? I mean, what is it they're actually offering when they offer a franchise? Well, what they're offering in exchange of a royalty fee and other fees, uh, the right to duplicate that successful product, service process, and image location that has proven that people are willing to pay you money in exchange for that product or service. And so what they're doing is they're offering you the product they created, they're offering the service procedures that they define as successful, and they're offering the image of that location. What they're not offering, which is very important and probably just as important as what they're offering is, they're not offering people management. They are not offering financial management. They're not offering administrative management. Basically, they're not offering the management of that business. And so I would say that this is why it is so critical that as a future franchisee or current franchisee, that not only do you operate this brand, the product, service, image with a high level of excellence, but that you also bring in from your side the business acumen, the knowledge on how to manage your business so that you can turn that sales, that revenue that this product, service, and image brings in and being able to turn it into a profit. And here is where a lot of the confusion happens because a lot of franchisees, obviously people that are not in the franchise world are not clear about this, but even there are franchisees today that they do not know, don't have the clarity that when you buy a franchise, you know, you are buying the product, service, image, you're not buying a management system of the business. And this confusion becomes a challenge when it comes to operating the business profitably, which is why today you would see McDonald's that are closed. You would see Dairy Queens that are closed. You would see, you know, um, Roto-Rooters that are closed, you know, Holiday Inns that close. Why? Because when you acquire the rights for a franchise uh, of a brand, you're acquiring part of the business that gives you success. The brand usually uh, is a proven brand that's proven to bring revenue in exchange of the product or service, but no franchisor will ever promise a profit because they have no control over that because you as a business owner decide how you're going to manage your business. And so something that is very important to be clear when you are into the franchising. Now, I love the franchise model. I love the fact that people, entrepreneurs, inspiring and ambitious men and women are able to get, you know, achieve their dream of business ownership through franchising by acquiring the rights to duplicate a proven brand that they know that if they open it, they will have revenue. However, that is still only part of what you need to have and bring to the table to have success at the end of the day. And so there are a couple of things that are important to know about franchising. And one of them I already mentioned, which is that a franchise is not a promise of profit. A franchise is literally just you getting the opportunity to duplicate a brand that will bring you revenue, but it will be up to you as a business owner, capture that revenue, continue to increase it year over year, and then manage the operations in such a way that you will make profit. And that's very important. Something else that is important to know is that one franchise unit on average is a job. So if what you want is to be able to be free, financially free in terms of not having to depend on a company, not having to depend on a business, uh, not having to depend on a boss to tell you what to do and when to do it and, and when to work and not to work, then a franchise, one unit is excellent because while it will not make you rich, 
It won't. There is, I don't know of any really, you know, uh, the average franchise will not make you rich uh, with just one unit. I mean, even a dealership will not make you rich. You know, very, very few are to that level of volume. The average franchise right now is between six and $750,000 in revenue, right? And if even if you were to get 10% of that as profit, that's $75,000 a year. That's a job. So one unit is a job. And it is important that if you are thinking about getting a franchise, understand the financials of that business. Now, this is where if you want to have not just financial freedom by having this job that now you own, and if you want to grow into multi-unit, then that's when you own multiple units. Because then the, as you are growing your units and you are you are also exponentially increasing your profit and therefore your income. Let's say that one unit gives you 75,000 profit, a second unit gives you another 75,000 profit. So you automatically doubled your income. That's another important concept to understand about franchising. Now, just because you are acquiring the rights for a franchise, it does not mean that you will own it forever. A franchise is a limited agreement from the franchisor, original founder or owner, and you for having the use of this brand. And so they can cancel that that right if you don't follow the process and procedures. And at the end of the agreement, which is normally around 10 years, they can decide not to renew with you. So it's important for you to understand that. What you are acquiring, what are they offering, what you are acquiring, and what should you do to be able to be successful with the franchise? So I hope that this was clarifying for all of you. I know that a lot of people, I mean, there are even franchisees that are not 100% clear of what is a franchise. So I'm hoping that this gives you a little bit better perspective of what a franchise is. And if you know of anybody that's interested in buying a franchise and understanding more about the franchise model, please share this podcast so that people can share that knowledge. And, you know, like I said, it's just a concept or a, a model that I love because this gives so many people the opportunity to go into business for themselves, but not by themselves, because in the franchise, you're now part of a network of people of entrepreneurs and with the support of a franchisor that will help you, you know, support you along the way in your career, in the journey of business ownership. So if you would like to learn more about franchising, you might want to visit us at www.americanfranchiseacademy.com. And if you're already a franchisee and you are on your journey of expansion, not from a one unit, but maybe from the one unit into a multi-unit, you know, we have programs and events and opportunities for you to access knowledge and information that can help you be successful along the journey. To do that, you can also visit us at www.americanfranchiseacademy.com and learn more about our programs that are designed specifically to give you knowledge, tools, and resources so that you can be successful. And we focus on the management side, the side that the franchisor does not provide and is not required to provide and they are not able to provide. Just come over, explore with us, and we will be honored to be able to help you and meet that business acumen that you may be missing so that you can achieve your American dream of business ownership through franchising for the long term. Thank you, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Franchise Success Formulas podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss a show. And leave a review so that other people like you can find us and receive the value that you just did. Here at the American Franchise Academy, we have an important mission of protecting the American dream of business ownership through franchising. And with your help, we can do a lot more of that. Thank you for being part of our community and see you next time.